0: Welcome to Time Ram, the new Doctor Who podcast in which we take a random number generator and we generate a number from 1 to 13, which gives us our doctor, and another number from 1 to apparently 298, which gives us a story, and then we ram them together and see what happens. Uh, I'm your host, Barry Williams, but that's not important right now, and with me are my fellow hosts, Mr. Paul Ferry. Hello. Hello. And Mr. Rupert Booth. Hello. Hello. Hi. So the Hi. rules are yes, uh, we just talk about TV stories, and uh, we're not covering Big Finish or anything like that. And we've picked two.
1: We're keeping it simple, clearly. We're, we're only covering the entirety of televised Doctor Who. It's
0: fine. Yeah. So that's <laughs> all. Yeah. Uh, we're not covering Doctor Who annuals or um, comics.
1: Ah. Mind you that could I'd, be a time ram special. That would be sinister great. sponge. Yeah the layer the layer of the, <laughs> the, the, the zombie supremo done in like 1976 just really off its tits. Great.
2: <laughs> you know I only after years and years I only very recently read the sinister sponge. And after seeing those kind of pictures for years yeah. that are really disturbing the pic, the the actual story is ridiculous. It <laughs> It's yeah. got nothing to do with those pictures.
3: It's about the giant ca-
2: Yeah, it's got like giant cabbages and things. They were obsessed with cabbages for some reason. You was I that day?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm,
0: One of the Fourth Doctor comic strips just disturbed me for years and years. I think it's one where uh, a scientist creating an intelligence in a sort of tank, and it's destroyed at the end, and he's very distraught, and I don't know why, but that stayed with me.
3: The one with yeah. the
1: skeleton man got me, the one that he's, he's been made mostly invisible apart from his bones. Oh, yeah. Which, which <laughs> put him half right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but certainly but he's, he's disturbing as fuck. But the other thing I remember about that is that Lila doesn't look like Lila. She's, she's kind of looking like she should be smoking. A, like the Countess in City of Death, you know, she's kind of lounging about the place, going, you know, oh, disturbing skeleton man. I'll, I'll just get my jayness thorn out. I can't be bothered. Life's well, so existentially dull, Doctor. You know, it's that version of Lila that you'd ever get in the series, which would be
2: great. yeah. And then kind of every every sort of you know fifth or so frame, the artist just can't be bothered to draw her face, so she's just like here eh, with a, like a yeah,
1: black iron Those strips of weird uh, we make them, what we need to do is basically get a load of cash between us and make them as fan bits but like throw all the c g at them really make them strange and like they've come off cartoon like kind of seventies European
0: cartoons does Doctor Who yeah. Uh, I believe that was the era when the artist said he was drinking a lot of real ale. So.
1: Yeah, I remember he that. It is. Real ale, didn't he? That wasn't fake it. Ale. That, was, that was real ale. Paul Crompton, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's real ale as a euphemism for something a little bit stronger.
1: I'm absolutely sure of it. I mean, you don't draw things like that on real ale.
0: You know? <laughs> anyway, tonight we've uh, we've rolled a number seven uh, for Sylvester McCoy. Mm-hmm. And we've rolled another number... Uh, I don't know what, presumably somewhere in the 40s. And we've got the Crotons. So what do we think about that?
1: I think it's very complicated. <laughs> I, think, I think structurally. So last time we had Easy, we had Doctor, Companion, in a story with Doctor, Companion. Great. We've got, we've got, yeah, we've got Patrick Troughton with two companions, Jamie and Zoe, so male and female. And we've got Sylvester with either Mel or Ace. Unless we ram it and have Sylvester with Mel, because we're making new seasons here, aren't we? Basically, yeah. Um, so presumably, if we want to carry over a companion, maybe this is you know, maybe this is Mel's last story. Maybe the initial will stay on the planet of the Gondons to help them so we could have Mel and Ace Mace. Um,
0: <laughs> I watched it and I, I didn't think that Jamie really did. Anything that couldn't be done by somebody. No. yeah, his stuff's all padding.
3: Yeah, that's the
1: other thought about it. Yeah, so, so though, t- to be honest, I think the Mace version is more interesting um, yeah. because you have Ace doing all the Jamie stuff yeah. uh, and kind of go, "Who oh, are you, call it Small?" It's going, "What?" Um, well, it probably isn't actually because it's a different type of proton completely, isn't it? We'll come to that. So, 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 let, you know, structurally, what are we doing then? Are we, are we? Well, are we really I'd say
0: definitely Mel for the Zoe role. Yeah, um, and then we can see if we can get away with just that, or I don't know. It's
1: just, it's just hilarious if it's Ace. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there is the advantage with it being Mel that she'd finally get to show these amazing computer skills that were always talked of, never seen. So it would actually be a really good. All right, so Doctor and Mel.
0: Okay, so we're we're in so season that's twenty-four.
1: squarely in season twenty-four. Yeah. So we've probably got Kef McCulloch for a start.
0: We've got that's Kef McCulloch. Yeah.
3: Andrew um, Carmel
0: has uh, got fourteen episodes to play with, and has inexplicably yep. decided to make the Crotons <laughs>
1: <laughs> because because he's found a script from Robert Holmes from nineteen sixty eight or something, and they're desperate. Um,
2: yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine Mel in that uh, little PVC outfit that uh, Zoe wears.
0: That's a very short skirt, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that, that is quite clear in the, in the programme, that she, she rips the side out of that jacket, and then in the next scene, it's com- miraculously uh, fixed. I, would,
1: I, I keep wishing they'd have left things like that. I love it when, by the time you get to Edge of Destruction, Ian and Barbara's clothes are fucked. They're just broken and torn, because they've been through caves, lots of caves, and petrified forests, and Daleks, and so My clothes would be knackered.
0: I can only assume the tires has got a sort of really good dry cleaner in there
3: somewhere. This is the doctor. President Blank, the high country loss. Ever of the legacy of Nassalon. Defender for the loss of time.
0: So I'm assuming that it won't be four episodes since it's the first McCoy. Here. It's going to be like two or maybe three.
1: Well, if we follow the pattern of the season, we've got four or three as choice, haven't we? Yeah. 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 And it does seem I think Cartmel would indeed cut all if, if we're cutting the Jamie padding, we're cutting Jamie, then it'll be useful if we to lose an episode with the padding as well. So <laughs> yeah. let's say it's a three party. Basically, this is this is Delta and the Bannerman then.
0: Okay. So um uh, this, apparently. The script was originally written for out of the unknown. Mm. Yeah,
1: I've heard that. Yeah. Was it I mean, was it wasn't it wasn't a full script? Well, it was it was a pitch, it was a sort of breakdown, a story breakdown, I think, wasn't it?
0: Okay, yeah. Well, I was I was struck when watching it that the opening scene could come out of an episode about of of the unknown.
1: Totally uh, could, yeah. it could. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's yeah. literally a bunch of guys stood around a door. Yep. Two young people, Abergond and Vanagond, are selected to join. Uh, crotons they've become companions of the crotons and uh, Abogond doesn't really get to say much but he looks fairly keen and he goes straight through the door uh Valegonde, uh you kind of know that, that probably isn't going to face the same fate because she's just got such massive hair and uh, <laughs> eyelashes you and know. that's not going
1: to change let's face it that's yeah. not going to change in the 80s. <laughs> it'll be it'll be multicolored but uh just as you were describing that I'm thinking this is going to be so garish in 1987 this is going to look horrible
0: yeah, it's going to be colourful with sort of uh, bubble things on the walls, isn't it? It's going to look quite plasticky.
1: There's probably someone in a peak cap, the fisher Elek. There's probably got yeah. a peak cap, like like the toll keeper. You know, he's you'll have a purple suit on and be looking, you know,
0: purple. So yeah, we've got most of the sort of main cast in this scene. So uh Gond is there, as we say. She's about to go for the door. Uh, she's got a boyfriend called Thara, who's not terribly happy about it. Uh, the leader is Celris. And then we've got Philip Maddock. Yeah. Wasted, really, as uh, Elix. Just yeah. uh, hugely charismatic and evil. It's his,
1: it's his first time on Doctor Who. He had to prove himself. And, you know, they get him back like two weeks later in the war Games. So he, he, <laughs> he did his job well. Uh, enough time to grow a bit of a beard. Um, yeah, he's great. Elix, I think he's perfectly cast, actually, in the Protons. You want you know, the quiet, simmering undertone of menace. Yeah. He's always there. And he's always just quiet and purring like that. Um, and, and you know, he doesn't particularly, he doesn't get irate too often. He spends a lot of time skulking about and going and sort of bullying beta, you know, and just
0: by standing there kind of going, you know, see, now, maybe I'll just throw your test tubes over because I'm one. Um, <laughs> it's,
3: it's
0: so is fun. Philip Maddock playing that in the in the sort of mid to late 80s? Nah, I don't think Philip Maddock in the mid to late 80s. <laughs> I don't know. So who's, who's who? who is Who's who's eric? Who's Ceris? Yeah.
3: I mean, I mean,
1: James someone. Is it James Cancross? Is that speech? James Cancross, yeah. The thing about Ceris in the original, he's got his fists clenched all the time. <laughs> all the time. Until he, you don't notice it. I didn't I haven't noticed it for years. And then one day I saw it, and I just that he's standing in doorways with his fists clenched. And you might be kind of going, you know, how are things? He's going, Oh fine, I'm, I'm all good, mate. You know, but, he, but his fists are clenched. This guy,
0: you've got conflict. You've got inner conflict, man. You've got problems, Cyrus Fearful. I'm guessing Flano is going to be like Sarah Griffiths or someone like that.
2: I was thinking about who we could cast in this, and mm. a lot of the guns are such ciphers that it's really <laughs> hard to think of, of people to play them because there's only about two of them that have any sort of character, really.
1: JT J- stunt casting doesn't have much stunt here. Yeah. It? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, you've got Cerus, but Cyrus, apart from the fist clenching thing, he, he's not a fantastically dramatic or interesting character. He, he as you say, he's a cyber. he He's the one who's the leader. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's best gear. And and also in an exciting twist, um, Thara's dad. Thara's much more interesting. Thara and Elek, you know, as the two driving forces of, of Gondism, gondery, Gondorama, Gondness, Gondness. They've got the most Gondness. That they're the Gondiest Gonds.
0: I think they've got a secret agent called James Gond.
1: Oh, <laughs> Matt, that's uh... their entire fiction. That's all the crotons let them have. Then he's not very excited. He grows turnips and saves them from birds. Do they have birds in the wasteland? I don't know. It's Might a bit weird
0: there. they're all called Gonds as well. Isn't it? How interpret are yeah. they?
1: It's an interesting planet, this one, isn't it? It's one of those ones where the entire population appears to consist of a really small settlement around the yeah, um, the Fowls suffer from that problem quite a bit. I think was, in the dialects you know, it's kind of like we are the Fowls. all of them. There's about twelve of you. Um, well, there's only about six Daleks. So fuck off. But you know, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I was confused <laughs> as well. I was confused by the extent of the wasteland. I mean, is it all around them, or is it just this little area, or, or what? I don't. Well, really...
1: so so didn't didn't Silver Men come from the sky and poison the land or something? So I guess I mean, it's all right. The yeah. the yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe there were more gongs and the crotons ascended and like massacred loads of gons and then said to the rest of the gons now you don't want that to happen to you do you that's a warning um <laughs> we like them you'll be hearing this a lot <laughs> so so maybe maybe there's a you know maybe there's an entire gone civilization that the crotons just annihilated but whether are there guns on the other side of the planet are they called nons who knows
3: <laughs> blondes
1: wands um, you know there could be all sorts of these groups all over the place and I like the idea of it and it's my headcanon now and, and now let's make a fan of <laughs>
2: They seem baffled by the idea that the the doctor and company might come from anywhere else. They they don't seem to be able to wrap their head around the concept of people that are that aren't gone.
1: I really like that because that's indicative of years of conditioning by the crotons. You know, they're not yeah. allowed to consider anything that might be dangerous. And the you know the prospect that the crotons may have come from elsewhere might lead them down a you know a, a thought line pathway um, thing. And yeah, I, I, the central concept of it of controlling. Quite like 1984, you know, it's like newspeak, if they can't express the thought, then they ain't going to have the thought, the thought isn't going to be transmitted. It's sort of like that. Um, I'm absolutely sure that Andrew Cartmell would play much more upon that. I think it would be yeah. a lot more about how the guns would be manipulated. By
3: Thatcher! <laughs>
0: Thatcher!
1: Well, I mean, you know, they are a slave class, really, aren't they? Yeah. Being, being exploited by their glittering overlords.
0: We know how that feels, yeah.
1: Mind you, in in fairness, Delta and the Batman isn't very much about Thatcher either.
2: No. Well, at the time, I didn't think any of them were about Thatcher, but apparently they all worked.
1: Having said that, this is by Robert Holmes, who presumably, hopefully at some point in his career before this, in the eventual time ramage that we end up with, has written The Sunmakers. Um, (laughs) So even if it was just the season before, you know, in the second part of Trial of the Doctor.
0: Okay, so... uh, the doctor and his uh, companion or companions arrive. Uh, the TARDIS appears in a quarry. This is Likuria. This looks exactly like Likuria. Yeah, yeah. I know it's in the original. That I mean, it's quite cool. The planet's got twin suns, but it's dark as fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't he's really a dark doctor now. <laughs> like,
0: it's going to be a lot more colourful in the eighties, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, a pink sky or a green sky or uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And he's got an umbrella as well, so that fits perfectly that well. with, uh, with McCoy, doesn't it? Excellent,
1: but it's all on OB video, so it looks horrible.
0: Uh, they find a door in the wall, um, and uh, Abogond appears and is immediately dispersed, mm-hmm. uh, without having really had any lines. And uh, there's nothing left but his necklace. You think there should be real, a big part of them, but uh, it's just the one. And you know the
1: music that the Kef does when, when they find the skeleton of um, San in Time of the Rani? It's all that kind of thing, stuff going on.
2: Yeah. When he's getting dispersed, it would be the da 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 da, 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 da it music, yeah. Yeah,
1: it? It would it? it would. Yeah, I'm afraid it would.
2: Did he write any other bits of music? Oh, that's a, that's <laughs> the one I mainly hear. I've oh, got them covered.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially You're listening to the Best of Kef. Time Ram Radio, and a good night to all you truckers. what? So anyway, uh, the Doctor kind of walks around the corner, I think, and he's kind of captured by the gongs in the learning hall. Um, Yeah, so Mel screams. Mel
1: screams, and the gongs all shatter, and that's the end of the story.
0: Well, in the original, Jamie has a a massively long uh, fight scene, but we can cut that.
1: Well, Sylvester would do a bit of a bit of physical business. The stuff he does really well, you know, like he waits sort of wave an accident and he gets his umbrella around it and go, "Oh, nobody, yeah, blah, 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 yeah if it's on the floor." Do some prattles, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: That whole scene with Jamie's really strange in the original because this guy's coming at him with a bloody hammer and he's offered <laughs> a hammer and he kind of goes, "Oh no, you're all right, yeah, there.
1: fine, thanks." Uh, <laughs> maybe he feels he hasn't had enough chance to impress though yet. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a terrible fight scene. It's, 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 it's one of those really kind of like, we'll just move that a little bit more slowly than we should. And you can
3: just,
1: yeah. you know, yeah.
2: Eventually, I'll just let go of the hammer for no reason.
0: Yeah, this bug's really yeah. not going for him,
1: yeah. You held the hood of your wrist, yeah. And, and uh, you see, I said if Mel screamed, the guns would shatter. The guns are delicate, they are not high brains, they're not high brains, they're not even high bodies.
0: Uh, Varna gets put through uh, the other side of the machine, uh, to become a companion of the crotons. And uh, the doctor's disturbed enough by what he's seen that he takes Thara and uh, the Tards, I've called them here. Uh, the Tards go to the wasteland to save Varna, and uh, which they do. So, who's who
1: Thara? Thara's gonna be someone like Pex, isn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: maybe even that guy. Was he called Howard Cook? Cook, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Should, should we cast him? And basically, kind of looking spiky hair and stuff, you know.
2: Well, he couldn't be more miscast than he was as Pex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He'd be Aww. better cast as Thara, probably. Yeah, because yeah, um, Pex
2: was supposed to be this big muscle guy, and he like clearly isn't.
1: Pex is basically meant to be Absalom Dark or something, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Mind off, yeah. younger. Um, yeah, but but Tharos Thara's a much better part than Pex, I think. In that in for him, certainly. If
0: you're casting Howard Cook, I kind of I'm already seeing Thara as a bit of a failure.
1: So we've got we've got all right, so we've got Thara cast. Who's playing Varna? Gond.
0: Uh Sarah Griffiths for my money.
1: Sarah Griffiths, right? Yeah. Done. Always liked her. Thought she was great in Delta.
0: Any ideas for Elik?
1: Elick, um, why don't we cast Philip Malicus, Selris? He's the right eh? Yeah, yeah,
2: have a switcheroo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he's not... So, so, so Selris is basically a really commanding figure now. He's great. Um, he, he's really selling the torture of the guy who's trying to help his people, and, but, but raiding his son, and but suspects the Crotons for being Thatcher. Um, so like I haven't got a clue who's playing, like, Lee John... He's got the right number of E's. He's got the right number of E's. (laughs) The E number is correct. (laughs) The John and so Elex terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's just (laughs) embarrassing at that point.
1: But 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 Elex in all the publicity photos, like holding a holding his his axe to Sylvester's throat, and Sylvester's going doing a face.
0: uh, so, yeah, Vana's, uh in a trance. They save her from the uh, the Disperser, which is uh, uh, in the original is a nice bit of dry ice coming out of some pipes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's not going to be that, is it? It's going to be some mega effect.
0: It's going to be some laser effect. yeah. yeah you,
1: know, the, you know, the glitter things in Time of the Rani, the shoot the Tetris, Oh, anything, yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. It'll probably have an effect. It'll, it'll have a, a, a grotty effect. It'll have some Quantel chucked in there, yeah. Uh, yeah, some kind of figure effect that attacks everyone, but and it uh, might be yeah. a skeleton rather than just leaving the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, and as as Paul said, of course his umbrella gets destroyed at this point. So we'd have a right paddy about that.
3: Yeah.
2: See, this fits in if it was in kind of Delta slot. If you pardon the expression, that's where he goes from having just like a regular umbrella to having the question mark one. I thought it so. You me. could start. Yep. You could start off with a regular one. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. So umbrella destroyed and he's having a paddy and they, they yeah, they head back. Yeah,
0: they go back to Celis house where uh Selis explains uh the background. Mesmerising
1: uh, me in his in his draw. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the, yes.
0: the silver men who came down from Spears. And uh, there's a scientist as well called Beta who pops in uh briefly just to to uh warn Celis. But Thar is now attacking the teaching hall. Mm-hmm. He's trying to break the learning machines.
2: He's a bit of a comedy character, isn't he, later on when he's kind of making the acid and oh. stuff. So I think they'd, they'd play that up a bit more in the 80s. Yeah. It's reasonably subtle in the 60s, but I
1: think in the a 80s... Bit like, be... A bit like, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember either the actor or the character in, in Modern Who, in the in one the with the flying bus woman. Um, Oh, yeah. Like, like, like the scientist, the Evans. Than yeah. a fan, but you know, this is the comedy scientist type.
3: Yeah.
2: To think of us sort of, now we'll have to think of a sort of it, so comedy actor of that era.
1: Yeah, it's not right. it's not a Jasper Carrot type role, but it's. It...
2: Chris Barry. Chris
0: Barry. Barry. He was around, well, he was quite young, but yeah, he was in a sort of. It's the um, year
1: before yeah. the first season of Red Yeah, War. it's the um, before Dwarf. Chris yeah. Barry. Chris Barry. Oh, yeah, I'm down.
0: For that. Yeah. All right. A young Chris Barry.
1: Yeah. Okay. Chris Barry is Beta. Excellent. One year before he went on to find fame in Red Dwarf.
3: Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they all run back into the learning hall.
1: So we've, we've had the big info dump, haven't we? This, that's the big early info dump. You know, here's the setup and here's what's yeah. wrong right. with our world. And doctors start to go,
0: they mm, bad. Yeah. Yeah, we've had the info. Selch gives the info dump, so there's so quite a lot about uh, the history of the planet and uh, mm. how they got to this point. Um, and there's a few sort of scenes of Thara going into the hall to attack the learning machines.
1: Beating up that guy with the moustache who, because of his moustache and the way he looks, you think should be called Morris, and I think is.
2: <laughs> so the thing the learning hall would, I think it would look more, the proper, the set, rather, would look more or less the same.
1: The machines yeah. would look different. You know,
2: the, yeah. Just the same sort of, just consoles.
1: I have a feeling the set wouldn't be half as good, to be honest. I don't think it would look as effective, I think. I don't know. It depends what they come up with. But you look at something like Ice World, it's just really badly realised. You know, it looks looks really cheap and probably over lit and all that sort of bit. It's all
0: very CBBC at this point, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So I I don't think this set would be half as atmospheric as it is. I don't think the lighting would be half as good. I I I think apart from in one major area, the design would probably suffer in comparison the original you can probably guess what the major area is yeah the machines so. will blow up and smash them though They wouldn't just be like wood that goes through be it's back. clearly
0: just sort of hardboard that he's just sticking yeah. his fist through
1: yeah they, they are that, <laughs> that that's very 60s doctor who isn't yeah. it you know you, you smash it and it's hollow wood um <laughs> just got visions of
2: barbara smashing the off on brain
1: well you break one the first one that goes like that and, and then the rest of them and you're thinking, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Unless there was only one and of them yeah, actually designed a
1: break. And then unless there's only one of its things that's what they expected the to happen. It's kind of like, oh, that was really vivid in the book. Oh,
2: please be quiet.
0: We're nearly at the end of episode one. We kind of, do we get, this is a warning at that point? I think we do. This is a warning.
3: This is a
1: warning. This is a warning.
0: Uh, uh, a massive, well, the, the doctor's gone in there to stop what's going on. Uh, mm. but he's too late. They've already smashed several machines. There
1: will be no battle
3: here!
0: <laughs> and then uh, a massive croton penis comes out of the spaceship.
3: Yes, and, yes.
0: Yeah, uh, threatens him. And that's the end of the episode. Kev starts giving it some. Yeah, um, at least it's the end of the episode in sort of the four-part version.
2: I'm kind of picturing it as similar to the end of that episode. Oh, of he's down in, the floor. Uh, kind of, He's sort of, oh, yeah. it finishes with him sort of cowering in a corner and the thing's kind of sniggy Effort's coming at him. Yeah.
1: Um, and, 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 yeah, and Mel's screaming, and Kef's giving it some. Uh, it's it's a... And it's all horrible. Um, and Sylvester Gerns, and... Um, we, we, yeah, I, I, think, I think, in terms of the structure you see, I'd say we probably just lose a lot of episode
0: three, which is the mainly
1: padded one, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
0: They're all much, much slower than you'd get in the 80s, I mean. Yeah. Uh, the pacing is completely different.
1: So, the, the, the flying wraith penises.
0: Yeah, so the doctor's being pursued by flying wraith penises, uh, which he defeats by hiding his face. Clever doctor. As you do. Uh, clever. And then they kind of leave. And uh, in the original version, the doctor tricks Jamie into looking after Varna. But I mean, I'm sure Thara can do that. Thara can do it much yeah. better. Thara's probably quite happy to spend time with Varna. Yeah. 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 Thara's just all
1: over Varna, you can tell me, every time that he's just practically panting whenever he sees her. <laughs> Maybe that's why Cyrus has got his fists clenched.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Philip Maddock, he's just standing there yeah. watching. <laughs> Worryingly. So the doctor and Mel go back to the learning hall, uh, where the doctor checks out uh, a cave uh, where there's uh, the foundations of the machine, which he kind of he says a root like, but I mean, you know, we see them later on. They don't look particularly like to me. Yeah. Compact, I mean, yeah. Um, and uh, while he's doing that, Mel's at a loose end and starts to use her computer skills to defeat the learning machines
1: with a bit of hobbly bubbly, yeah. technical music going on. Sort of, yeah. boom, 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 you know, a bit in time with the ride. She's doing Thank a bit of that, you know, you, know, you know, having the Potter around and killing time horribly. Um, yeah. In what we've established is probably a fairly garish, plasticky, overlit set.
0: Yeah. Now we should release a soundtrack album. <laughs>
1: Well, fans, this is the glory of you, you see. Once it's all done, fans can curate their own soundtrack albums. Yeah. You know, you can take the season 24 ones and just reallocate them. I don't know where you're going to put Here's to the Future and the various Dick Barton things. But let's see what the time ram gives us.
0: So, I mean, we finally get to learn a little bit about Mel here, I guess, that she's actually using her computer skills.
1: Yeah. yeah. And she enjoys the problem-solving side of it as well. You know, it's kind of right. all right, then. It's, it's still not that much to her, is it? No. Yeah. This no. this is the trouble with men all over. At the end of the day, there's not an awful lot on the page. It's, no. it's you know nothing against Bonnie Langford who does what she's given, but she ain't given much by either script editor. Sayward just I think didn't care. Well, was he? He was he was packing his bags by the time she comes along. Practically, wasn't yeah. I yeah.
2: think it's a good reason. I mean, it's with good reason that nobody else before or since introduced a companion without having an introduction for them. Because mm. they did it with her, and it doesn't doesn't work. Because you need that to get to know them. I don't know. I don't know. One could argue that Susan was like that. Mm, uh, I suppose, yeah. But but
1: she well, is, she's like, introduced she, along she, with the doctor, she's, she's a mystery. She's yeah. the way in. You know, she's the thing about the episode for the first yeah. time. So, you know, yeah,
0: it's yeah, kind she's of set the up point. is a mystery. It's more interesting than Mel, who's set up as nothing. You know, she's just... Thinking, I mean,
1: she's into fitness, and she's only into fitness because the cast Bonnie Langford is a dancer. Yeah. Mm.
0: You know, not
1: not for any character reason, not for it. That never gets used either. She hops and skips a bit, but any physical prowess she has. since something like in Space, getting through that narrow tunnel that Sarah has yeah. to spend. Mel, great. So that, that's exactly what she's good at, because she spends her time doing that in the gym for some reason. But, you know what I mean? Intelligent use of the character's traits and building them into the story rather than just going, she does this, she likes that, she'll be leaving soon. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a shame it's the same so it's, yeah she she's showing she's good at computers it's still not great really is it mm-hmm. so, yes that thing i told you i could do doing it well <laughs> done it now that's my seen. that's me for the entire season <laughs>
2: now i must dance oh.
0: I mean, Perry's supposed to be a biologist, but it's never, never really come. Yeah.
1: up. occasionally on, on on in time Lash, she
2: kind of goes, "Oh, what interesting plants!" Yeah, and she gets to... Uh, she keeps a flower in Revelation as well. I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or will get into, into a pole for a bit. Yeah,
2: but that's at the end of the season when
1: someone's gone. Shit, she's into biology. Say something about biology. <laughs> uh,
2: she never goes back to finish her exams, though. So you know, she's not really qualified.
1: No, she might finish her exams on. From
3: what?
0: <laughs> Stop feeding the triffids, dear. Anyway, the Doctor comes out of his cave and he's horrified to find that Mel has uh, passed the test and has now mm-hmm. been accepted as a companion of the Crotons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he takes the test himself, which uh, is a nice sort of comedy scene at this point.
1: He wouldn't be as aggrieved as Trouton is. Zoe and the Doctor have got this sort of ongoing intellectual rivalry going, haven't they? About who, who can say the cleverest thing? Jimmy doesn't give a shit. Jimmy's just going to stand there kind of going, oh, they killed Swafty. Um, but, yeah, it, this, is, this is going to be kind of, again, sort of squandered in that way, because you absolutely should do a rivalry, and it would be a nice early developing trait for the Seventh Doctor to show that he's still got that kind of pride. You know, the Doctor, the doctor sometimes doesn't like being challenged intellectually and gets a bit flustered about it. Yeah. Uh, Hartnell, Hartnell, particularly, you know, will we'll go off on one. He's kind of like, you're questioning me?
0: um not in that accent obviously <laughs> <laughs> to get a little bit of conflict into the doctor Mel relationship rather than you know yeah the yeah.
1: There's, there's,
0: there's nothing
1: i just i just can't fathom any because they never have any they never even argue
2: that seems a little odd in the original because um he's doing all the comedy bit and then he sort of carries on a bit and the next thing the computer's hailing him a high brain and you're thinking yeah have you forgotten that he was getting it all wrong like two minutes ago
0: it kind of skips over it feels like it's kind of jumped ahead about 15 20 minutes he's just answered like as many questions as it needs
2: he's just logged back in again under another name i think the gond's don't set a high bar
0: i think
1: to
2: be a high brain
0: on on gond
1: you you don't have to be a particularly high achiever you know it's kind of what what we would term a middling brain um (laughs) is, is is to gond a high brain planet gond
0: uh, so they uh, they're both accepted as companions of the Crotons, and they enter the machine. There's a big ball, a force ball, yeah. which uh, they, they manage to resist with the help of a bit of a uh, I don't know what was it a bicycle chain, something like that. Yeah. Do we need all that? Probably not.
1: I'd say, I'd say let's cut that. I'd say yeah. that you know they, they explore a bit and doors close behind them and close them up, You know, shepherd them.
3: Yeah.
0: Um,
1: that scene always bemuses me somewhat. You know, yes they a bowl comes down and spins it. I remember a in 1981 going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> weird. It's not the cavemen one, but they have no idea. Oh, look at his face. It's got all... Brrr. um, You know, fish eye lens. It lens. Yeah, it was, it was really surreal. I, I think it's a great sequence. Um, but,
0: it gave Sylvester a uh, chance yeah. to gurn, wouldn't it?
1: You know what? We can't lose it because it's it, that's them being drained and it activates the crotons,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, the crotons uh, emerge from the slurry bath. Yeah.
1: Oh, so now now we we get to the crystalline life form in the room, really, don't we? Because this is the first time we've seen the crotons, and they're not going to look like the crotons we know and adore.
0: It occurred to me they might be. I mean, viz the, the bannermen. Um, mm-hmm. They might be quite minimal. They might just be two blokes painted silver.
1: I think, I thought about this, and I thought, right, crystalline, you're going to get something like Eldrad, the male version yeah. of Eldrad. A humanoid, but in a yeah. sort of, you know, crystalline type costume. Because you've got good people working on it. You know, the biomechanoid and Dragonfly is a nice costume. You know, it would look good. So I think it's, you know, it's aren't they described as, as humanoid but crystalline in the script? And Robert Holmes, when he saw them, went, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, no, the description in the script is nothing like the realisation, as far as I remember. Because they look like robots. The, the heads, the yeah. only confession to a sort of crystalline formation that everyone knows, yes. yeah. in the design of them. So I don't know what was going on in Bobby Bartlett's mind. She was not being a high brain that
2: day. I love the way they appear to have kind of designed them like down to the waist and then just went, yeah, let's just have a skirt. Well, yeah.
1: apparently, apparently apparently, the story is that, but they haven't. I mean, the, the designs exist and the design of yeah. like, the whole thing, you know, oh, yes. right. but apparently they got the size wrong. There was some miscommunication. So they ended up being much bigger than they were supposed to be. Which I think looks great in episode four where they've got them standing next to Troughton and Padbury, who between them are about five foot, you know, one yeah. standing on the shoulders. Uh, <laughs> these things are just towering over them, you know. But of course, that's one of the great scenes when the crotons are standing still. They're fine when they're standing still.
0: Yeah. And you can't see below waist level.
1: We've got kind of slightly more glittery eldrads, basically. We agreed on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I guess they still need the pipe going into them.
1: Yeah, they'll need to plug themselves in.
0: Mm. Yeah. They go like I I don't know, like a Sontaran of vent probe vent or something Perfect like
1: that. Yeah, they've just got yeah, they've got a, a it'll be where their heart is.
2: I don't think they would have those voices either, because there's a terrible have thing. No. There's a horrible thing in the eighties where they, they, they tended to have monsters with sort of high pitched wobbly voices, like the Candyman and the the Warriors of the Deep silurians and I, I always
1: hated those for me if i was going the same way i thought to myself all right they're going to be going crystal it's going to sound a bit like the Cryons, yeah just not women although that would be fascinating actually if they say if they were voiced by women
0: yeah, yeah that would be better see you mentioned the candy man there i mean that's the other direction they could have gone in that <laughs> 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 way they're
1: probably going to, they're probably gonna do something like yeah something i think it is one of those high-pitched wibbles
3: we are the croutons.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. But well, not like that, but no more wibbly. The
1: um, <laughs> it's not a high-pray. All
3: gaunt will be dispersed.
1: So, so, high pitch wobbly, eldra croutons. Yes.
0: High-pitched,
1: wobbly, eldra
0: old high So, the Doctor and uh, Mel escape. It's quite striking that you see them... as it, at one point, walk past a, a cyber spaceship.
3: <laughs> yes,
1: from the previous story. Yes, yeah. from
0: the previous story. No. Just right in the foreground of shot. You're like, ah, yeah,
1: that that's extraordinary. <laughs> is it the previous? Story? It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, like two episodes earlier. So they
1: won the wonder past. We don't know what happened to one story before in time ram. Yes, we can't say. Well, we'll have to remember when when we, when we get to start a story in before Sylvester <laughs> McCoy's third story, the Crotons. Um, we'll have to remember. There's going to be a thing in that that we incorporate in the Crotons that they wander the past.
3: Yeah,
0: in a hundred episodes yes. time, we're going to remember that. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> we'll be spot on with that. We'll, we're,
1: we're
2: really going to remember that. We are <laughs> on that
0: on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Crotons identify that the uh, the uh, TARDIS dudes are not gon's. Mm-hmm um they captured
3: jamie.
1: God.
0: yeah i guess in our version maybe it's not jamie maybe it's somebody else but they capture someone mm-hmm. so it's not a hybrid mm-hmm. um, or it could be maybe mel gets left behind maybe the doctor escapes and mel gets trapped behind a doorway or something and stuck in there i tell you what i thought would be a, a good episode break would be uh where the TARDIS gets destroyed
1: yeah, so that's exactly what we do. Um, they so they don't go back to maybe maybe basically at the end of this that you know he takes a sample and he goes right back to the TARDIS straight away. We get out of here. We go straight to the TARDIS and analyse this. Um, yeah. and, and the proton, you know, they get their their, their big hefty weapon out um, and go right go after them. And he goes after them, but he's blind. But can actually walk in a quarry, which is more than the other you know, proton could do. <laughs> and yeah, disperses the TARDIS. And JT has been all over that. He leaked that to the sun like two yeah. days before the episode's broadcast. And yeah. that evening, Doctor Who beats Coronation Street. That Wednesday evening. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we're kind of going into episode three in the, the original version. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, politics going on in the backgrounds uh, With mm-hmm. Elic is asking Beta to help him fight the Crotons. I think he's already planning to fight them with slingshots and fire.
2: Um, I love the way he kind of bigs that up as the height of their technology. Yeah. Like, We've got slingshots and fire now. No pointy sticks for us.
1: <laughs> We've got to stop dodging the Elic issue, all right?
3: Who the hell's
1: playing Elic? Is it just an actor who's good? Or is it a stunt cast? Because he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Yeah. He's going to be a stunt cast if he can.
0: If James, he can find someone. He is a very understated bad guy. I mean, he's not even... I don't think he's even in episode two.
1: And to be fair, I mean, I'm thinking stunt casting, but you also got people like Maurice Colborne casting. Yeah. Like, I mean, Maurice Colborne yeah. would be great if he hadn't been Litten. But this is time wrap, actually. Yeah. He may not be Litten Because we don't know when the hell Resurrection of the Daleks is going to be made. So how about Maurice Colborne? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, or um, who's the guy in Androzani? Stop Oh, uh, Morris Reeves. Morris Reeves, you see, oh, no, I, I knew he needed I mean, the Morris.
2: I think it's pronounced Reeves. <laughs> That's the way I've always pronounced it. I'm not entirely sure.
3: Morris Reeves, that is not a gond. <laughs>
1: um, well, how about, how about him? I think it's Robes, yeah. How about Morris? Yes.
3: Uh, yeah,
1: okay. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we've got an ELEC finally. So so that's All great. Right, well, then you've got two really strong actors in Elec and Celris. Yeah. That becomes meaningful then, a lot more so than in the original, if you've got, you know, good actors um going for it
0: like that. Yeah, quite a lot of it is political shenanigans in episode three. We've got Celris uh, mm-hmm. and Thara still looking after Thara who started waking up. Mm-hmm. They kind of go they, they kind of segue from going, I wonder what the doctor's doing to going. Oh, that edict. Oh, he's, he's trying to have a revolution.
2: It really is full of padding, episode three. I was thinking that when I was watching it. It's, mm. Yeah. It, it would work a lot better as a three-parter. Yeah, it would. So much. Yeah.
0: It's kind of stuff happening with the politics that seems to happen twice. And you, you yeah. feel like you're only getting half the story. It's, it's very yeah. weird.
1: And losing a companion really helps it as well. You don't need to have that. kind yeah. Of of JB being captured and escaping, which, you know, that's it. Yeah. One of those, you know, you can't deny it. Doctor Who does do those plot lines or well, did
2: a lot of the Jamie stuff doesn't make sense either because they kind of say oh well, he is not a high brain and stick him in a corner and then yeah. don't like disperse him or
3: anything, they just kind of leave him there. Yeah, then yeah. occasionally
2: yeah. kind of yeah. Occasionally, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, occasionally
2: snark at him. You know, it's
1: yeah. not even any use animal tissue is weak. I love that line as a kid the animal tissue is weak, and that ah, <laughs> they're taking the piss out of me as well. That's brilliant.
0: Uh, so the doctor and uh, Mel are collecting sulfur and tellurium, and uh, this is kind of around the point where the TARDIS gets destroyed. Then, so. I think we've
1: done that by now, haven't we? Let's, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. You
0: know. Proton emerges with his big gun.
1: Ah, ah, and this this gives Sylvester they have one TARDIS scene where they go and do the analysis, and this gives him the chance to get his new umbrella as well, uh-huh. yeah. so he can stroll out the TARDIS next time, holding it in front of him.
0: A little sort of kefka collect twinkle.
1: With a Kefka-like twinkle, and Mel yeah. going.
3: Ah, sigh.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) Have you not done the question? I know. I'm seeing what you jumper, mate. You don't, I've got it. (laughs) it, Because she's going a bit the way of Yorkshire Perry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How about time ram? Time ram? (laughs) You couldn't do it in that old crock.
1: Woomph. Time ram. Londoners.
0: Uh, So, yeah, that's kind of the end of the episode. that guess that'd be the end of episode two, I'd imagine. Yeah, and then we come in for episode three Uh, the TARDIS returns via the HADS
2: absolutely, so we keep all the HADS stuff in that's spot on for the McCoy era mentioning something that's never been mentioned ever
1: before that, that's my friends, is the Cartmel Master plan in action
0: Yes, yeah, so Rassilon installed this system with the help of... <laughs>
1: be, yeah, Rassilon and, I don't know, someone else. Who was that, <laughs> Doctor? Who was that, What? Yeah,
2: Come along, Mel. Really hands, yes.
0: And it was very convenient. So,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: the hands. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, they're the also and Mel, they rejoin uh, Thara and Vana. Mm-hmm. And then they all go to Beta and they persuade him to do some chemistry.
1: Yeah. Which has been forbidden. Hasn't, hasn't Elek already been in there persuading him to do chemistry?
0: No, I think he's, he's still concerned with fire and sling yeah. balls or sling. Yeah, is
1: this is this is them saying basically make this now in quantity, isn't it? Yeah.
0: That's right. Yeah. Um they wanted to make some Beta sort of
1: Just does what he's told all the time. Beta is perfectly named. <laughs> he he is the entire he is the gond beta. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, maybe Betas used to have some unrequited passion for Vara, you know, and he's just constantly sighing.
1: This is, this, is, this is the 80s. It might be an unrequited passion for Vara.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah.
1: But that wouldn't be spoken of because the upper echelons wouldn't allow it still. So, yeah, probably it would be Varna. Yeah, he'd walk around after a going list sign and getting a little, a little twinkle from Kef. <laughs> sad twinkle. Kef's sad twinkle. that makes you long for the days of... of, of uh, What's his name? Bashing his pipes.
3: Malcolm Clark.
1: Malcolm Clark. <laughs> yeah, that, would have, that would have been a great callback if I remembered the guy's name.
2: <laughs> Wasn't he clanging? I don't even remember. He was clanging. He was clanging. Was clanging. Malcolm yeah. clanging
1: in the corner. Yep. Yep. And now Jeff kept doing a sad twinkle next to him.
0: So, anyway, uh, Elick is uh, trying to uh, oust him. And this prompts Selwis to kind of lose his mind and attack uh, the foundations of the machine, which I think we now know is called the dynatrope The dynatrope So, yeah, uh, they do that, and the roof starts to collapse, which probably wouldn't much, look much better in 1987 than it did in 1969.
2: It actually, it doesn't look too bad in 69. I don't I think know,
0: it's pretty really good in 69,
2: yeah. It would probably be worse in the 80s. It'd
0: be They're trying to lift oh. a polystyrene rock off there, and it, clearly it weighs about... <laughs> oh, yeah, poly- yeah. I was thinking the model should... Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Having said that...
1: This is a bit on the behind-the-scenes on the on the studio footage of um, Dragonfire, where Sylvester's trying to lift a polystyrene stalagmite off Blitz, which looks terrible, and they cut it. Yeah. So
0: yeah, it does polystyrene, polystyrene.
1: Yeah. Apart from when it's jab light.
0: Oh, it turns up and helps them out anyway. Um, the Dynatrope stabilizes, but it's damaged. And mm-hmm. then here he comes, Eric launches his attack with slings and fireballs, which yeah. sounds a bit embarrassing, but uh, he still manages
1: Yeah, but Morris, <laughs> Morris Rose is selling it. Morris Rose with his beard kind of, you know, being cynical about it and going, yeah, all right, yeah. we're going to bring in the slings and the fireball now. Um,
2: <laughs> the slings and fireballs of outrageous fortune. And it's great. It's, it's great
1: proper
0: drama, this is. Um, yeah, I imagine those two really kind of, yeah, <laughs> knocking chunks out of other. It.
1: And it's going to look really weird when Sylvester and Melbourne walk into the middle of that. <laughs> kind of isn't it that's going to be jarring <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so a croton comes out of the spaceship and he says he will leave in return for high brains mm-hmm. and uh elix up for that so uh mm-hmm. yeah. so he promises to hand over the doctor and mel so yeah in this in the original this is around the point where jamie is uh escaping mm-hmm. uh, and he sent he's just He's just not doing anything. He sent off to make some ass with Peter, no. uh, but you know, I don't want Peter needs some ball. Uh, so Eelit captures the Doctor and Mel. So as things are heating up now. The protons have about twenty-two minutes of energy left before they explode.
2: I guess that sadly their heads aren't spinning. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. It'd be funny if they were, if they were like humanoid and their heads. It would, t-
1: <laughs> and you could do
0: it. Difficult cool to achieve it. in nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs>
2: Oh, you just the <laughs>
1: yeah. torso. Like like Kane's melting head and you just like spin the heads, they're going so far.
2: Just get Sue to um yeah,
3: sculpt yeah, the heads. Yeah,
1: yeah. Great, they're still doing that, and that's just this random piece of Surrealism, <laughs> which <you're totally> so <laughs> needed by that point. Like, like that kind of madness. <laughs>
0: uh, it's probably mad.
1: Cool, cool. Spinning heads,
0: nice. Uh so yeah, there's a bit of shenanigans with the acid. Um, uh, mm-hmm. the Crotons capture the Doctor and Mel and then Service has like one bottle of acid which he kind of he jumps through the door after them yep and then he gets dispersed
3: oh
1: Philip Maddox's gone
0: yeah I'm so sorry
1: what is death like He'll give it his all it'll be a good death scene. it'll be a good death scream well, Philip Maddock, thank you for services to this story
0: above <laughs> and <Apart from> beyond <laughs> high
1: brain always a high brain
2: <laughs> quite a high forehead so yeah surely yeah, he's yeah. got a high brain inside
0: it yeah. Uh, so, uh, they're down to now 12 minutes before the dinosaur explodes, but, uh, the doctor's now got his, his little bottle of acid.
3: Good.
0: I should mention that the crotons are kind of explaining at this point that they've been absorbing gond mental power for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the two brightest gonds kind of get dispersed. So it kind of keeps the gonds down, but they're also using their mental power to recharge their spaceship so they can take off. Yep. Uh, and essentially, I think the guns are in a bit of a bind here because if the crotons take off, I think it destroys the planet. And if they don't take off, they explode and it destroys the planet. Does it destroy the um, planet? So in the local area.
1: Oh, right. Well, they could run away. They could go and visit the wands.
3: <laughs>
1: right yeah. All right, wands with well, the guns. All right, guns. <laughs> All right. You know, That's what you've been up to. Well, we got invaders, did you?
0: <laughs> How are the four non blondes?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Who did you get? Oh, we got the crotons. Oh, we got the trods.
0: I saw it in five seconds. You get yourselves lucky, we got the fucking Cybermen.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a nice little scene uh where Elix kind of he's done everything he needs to do and he's like, Right, I'm off to the hills now. You can all die. I'll <laughs> see you later. Yep. yep. And he just walks off. And that's it. That's, that's completely stopped. That's utterly stops. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Elec, as far as I'm concerned, has been played all the way through as Stots. <laughs> um,
0: Bye, Karelpa. Bye, Beater, And he's just off. It's so unusual that the villain just completely gets away with it and just wanders off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he, he's ripe for a return.
0: Yeah. Uh, the
1: vengeance of Elek.
3: Yeah eternity
1: there on my list of visits to see along along with son of cow um who turns <laughs> up, you know claim revenge on czar that's great
0: so yeah the doctor um and uh, mel poison uh, the quoton slurry
3: mm-hmm. with
0: sulfuric acid mm-hmm. and they do a nice little switcheroo scene where they're kind of yeah. uh, they kind of oh you know you stand there no you stand there and they kind yeah. of uh, Plenty the time. This this will be
1: the Falls. This is season twenty four. This is Sylvester's going to start falling around.
0: Sylvester's going to be playing yeah. the spoons at this point, isn't he?
1: Yeah. Playing yeah. the spoons, playing the spoons on Mel, on the Crotons, on the machine. Yeah, um, and the Crotons are getting a bit irate. Yeah, um, as are the audience, I imagine. <laughs> um, this 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 won't have been half as good. Uh,
0: the Crotons collapse. Mm-hmm. They don't explode. I'm not quite. I'm, that's never really explained, but. Uh, the Doctor and Mill escape while uh, Betas turned up with his big vat of acid and they're pouring yep. out all over the so that, that's just dissolving away now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I think when they collapse, they'd be all kind of dissolvey-facey, um, you know. Like the vampires in Fenrir. Yeah. 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 They'd be like
0: they're yep. being more they're, of a horror element, yeah.
2: That they yeah. only dare show about, like, 5% of because the <laughs> yeah. rest of it's too horrible.
0: Yeah. No. Especially because like the, the year before they got away with... Uh, the ice sky, what was his name? Melton. Um, Kane. 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 An absolute yeah. horrific effect. And then... Great effect. Superb. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It expected at the time. That, that was kind of like, wow, I did not see that coming. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of quality of effect as well. Yeah. Um, it's like the trial station. You suddenly go, bloody hell, Doctor Who looks at all right.
0: And then by Curse of Fenric, that's just too horrifying. No, we can't go there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Despite despite you know, the entire rest of Fenric being much more horrifying psychologically, yeah. cool, theoretically, oh. than Dragonfire. Um, <laughs> although Dragonfire is more horrifying than Fenric in many, many ways. Go ahead! Time round!
0: That's basically it, yeah. Uh, everyone's mm-hmm. saying, oh, well done, and the Doctor just fucks off. And, doctor back uh,
1: off, the Fardis, yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it just ends. It just stops. And the
1: me. are melters and Elex lurking behind a rock in the quarry somewhere.
0: Yeah.
2: It'd be interesting to see how they would handle the dinotrope melting in those days, because the the 80s was so much about those, like, fuck-off explosions, wasn't it? They <laughs> loved their uh, really yeah. enormous explosions. and uh... Imagine
0: that Mike Tucker's made a yeah. really big model dinotrope, and they kind of melted it, and then exploding it, and then melting it. wax. Melting it. I think they'd use wax. You'd actually use something like that and, and melt
1: it. Yeah. Like, um, like the, um, the, the thing in Quatermass, when it melts Quatermass in the pit. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd I'd guess to do something like that. I don't know if it'd explode it because it's right next to the Gone settlement. Yeah, unless unless the mo- unless the model shot has the Gone settlement over there, you know, and there's enough explosion space. In which case, I'll have an explosion. Hmm.
2: Maybe it would be weeping like the the excellence. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, I'm melting. My pillars, oh
1: me buttresses, oh, dear. Oh, pity the poor (laughs) dinotrope. Anyway, the lament of the dinotrope, loving it.
0: (laughs) We're back in Doctor annual territory there, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Then all the better for it.
1: (laughs) No, it's not going to do anything imaginative. It's going to have an enormous crescendo by Kef. Yeah. And you're absolutely, I mean, yeah, the ending, you know, it'll be exactly like the end of time in the Rani won't it? They'll all fuck off back yeah. to God. and stand the ring around it while Thara goes, now we're free and we can go forward with our little bottle of potion. Um, and, here's and to the future. Here's to the future, and, and uh, as you say, they fuck off. Yeah. yeah, One last gag about crystal healing or something.
0: The end. Okay. Yes. That
2: was
0: <laughs> Sylvester McCoy's the crotons. Yeah, how would we rate that then?
2: Now the funny thing about that was that I've kind of always liked the Crotons. I love it. But I don't think that works <laughs> as a Silverstone McCoy story.
3: Yeah.
1: Because so much of it's carried by
2: Trouton. Yeah. And yeah. maybe the the way that the other ones, the you know, the one that we did last week mm-hmm. did kind of work. I mm. don't think this kind of works as much.
0: Maybe it's just a bit too old-fashioned a story to kind of... Mm fit into the 80s I don't know
1: well we did say at the beginning I mean obviously it wouldn't be one we are cutting out a lot of the panic by making it three parts two we didn't go into it but we said that they would talk a lot more about the oppression of the, the intellectual oppression of the gongs and make it political Yeah. In way, yeah. Uh, yeah. about the education like the general talking about the ed- in the prison you know talking about the education system or something like yeah. that um, though though, you know Cartmel wasn't being
0: that overtly political
1: in season 24 no
0: yeah he was finding his feet um well, I mean, Paradise Towers is obviously about, you know, general yeah. town block problems and stuff like that. So it's sure. it's, it's in the sure. mix. I think he, he, he would... Yeah, have, Paradise maybe.
1: Towers. But that, does that come from Stephen Wyatt? Um yeah. The other three aren't really at all, are they?
2: I think 24 is really, a, a, to me, it's very much a kind of culture clash where yeah. you've got J&T kind of at his most um, sort of... And yeah, garish. And mm. then in comes Cartmel, who's got a completely different spin on it, and it's it's kind of neither one thing nor the other.
1: I think it works actually. I think it would work quite well as a Sylvester McCoy story. I think it'd be yeah. quite good you know, because the central concept's interesting, and despite the fact it's padded, it's a well-told Robert Holmes story, you know, a yeah. yarn with with characters in.
0: I just remember being bored by it in 1981. I, I, I was not <laughs> faking with it at all as a nine-year-old. Yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed it this time. <laughs> it, yeah. it might be because I've watched a bunch of Out of the Unknown. Uh, Compared yeah. to that, it's really fast-paced. Really go for it. I
1: I, I was mesmerised by it in '81. <laughs> um, like I was saying about the keys of Mariner, I'm watching a Patrick Troughton story. It could have been yeah. sitting <laughs> there reading the phone book, you know. Um, uh, and then. It was one of the very earliest ones I got on Pirate because you, you could get those stories from the five-paces season more easily for yeah. a start. So I got a sort of half-decent copy. And I just thoroughly enjoyed it, found it quite atmospheric. You know, obviously yeah. noted more the flaws in it. But, but you know, wasn't... You know. Then, by the 90s, I've got to loving it, ironically. Like, people in the 20s love things. Yeah. And now I'm back to just completely unreservedly loving it. it, it it's silly. Um, it's fun. Yeah. It, one of the few complete Charlton stories.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think it's better or worse for now being a three-part special McCoy story.
1: Is is, is any Charlton story better for being a McCoy story?
2: No. Also, I think the black and white um, covers a multitude of sins. And I
1: think... it would. I think it would look garish and cheap. I think. Yeah. It would be, I think. I think the set. I think the inside of the dinotrope would look like Marb Station. Yeah. <laughs> you Know all, all bright white plasticky stuff and completely devoid of atmosphere, um, and without even with a cyber ship stuck in the middle.
0: That's the question, though, isn't it? W- would they do it entirely in low nah, on location?
1: There's too many studio interiors for it. It, it, would be a, yeah. it would be like time in the Rani, it would be you know partially outside, partially in. Um, yeah. you couldn't do the dinotrope on the interiors on location.
2: So, marks out of 10. I'm just going to say about five for this because I don't think it works as well.
1: Oh yes. yeah, it, it's difficult to not be middling, isn't it? Um, I'll I'll say six to be different to five. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, it's the best one of season 24 by a long way.
0: I'll say five to be the same as five. So, so.
1: you know, a middling, entertaining Doctor Who story from the late eighties. Yay, the best of McCoy's first season, saddled with that horrible title sequence and music and, and all the all the trappings trappings that came with those seasons. But with really good model work. Model and effects work, really good model and effects work.
2: Most impressively of all, written by Robert Holmes the year after he died,
1: which so, is remarkable.
2: I mean, yes. that's remarkable. So yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's professional
1: <laughs> time travel. Yeah, you yeah, know, <laughs> fair play. That's the exciting thing. There's
0: nobody in the universe can do
1: what we are doing. So, do you want to hear what's next? Yay! We've got Tom Baker, which Yay. is always good news. In, are you ready? Okay. The power of three. Oh.
3: Yeah.
1: Exactly, our reaction. Both of you, black. Oh, what? Ah. Yeah. That nothing suggests straight away, there, does it?
3: Yeah.
2: Well, starters, There's, there's, only kind of one. I, know, I was going to say. There's only one lineup I can think of with three of them, but there, there are others towards the end. So, yeah. 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 I was thinking Sarah and Harry, but obviously towards the end there are there are other trilogies. Let's
1: let's see where the time ram takes us. For we are but at its whims and caprices.
0: Okay, well that was Time Ram. Thank you for listening. And uh, tune in next time when we will be discussing Tom Baker in three. 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 Goodbye.
3: Bye-bye.
2: Goodbye.
3: Goodbye.
0: You could have signed off like every time. Well as the sun sets on another episode of Time Ram I'd just like to say thank you for listening uh, If you'd like to get in touch with us we're all on Twitter I'm at Baz Ram. Rupert is at Rupert Booth and Paul is at PaulVariate. You can also find us on Facebook and our own website TimeRam.com uh, For those of you who like such things uh, there's an also sort of email address info at TimeRam.com and uh, I'm sure there's other ways to get in touch as well you can probably send a pigeon out of work as well um, I need to thank Ben Jones for providing our music and uh, if you would wish to help to support production of the show please consider coming and see us at patreon where you get access to all kinds of lovely things the fuck.
1: all right there's no deed to shout now go away and don't fuss me now come back what's this it's all right i know
3: drive me
2: insane my